welcome to the Laurent Collective Podcast, where we go deeper than just surface talk. Each week, we'll explore everything from family, business, creativity, culture, and faith. To make sure not to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe and hop on to Instagram at Laurent Collective to chat with us about this episode. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, Today, we, you guys love this UK, US stuff. It is so funny. Um, It's usually some of our most popular listens. Or why we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Well, yes, that was a very popular podcast as well. Um, But so we have sourced from you guys what you want to know about living in the UK, particularly about living in London. And um, this was a question that people asked us a lot, especially a while back ago, like just over a year ago when we were looking for a place to live. Most of you who are in the United States, unless you're in a major city, could not understand how we couldn't find a place to live and how this whole, how we got outbidded, most importantly, didn't understand this part. How we got outbidded. Is when that we were a word? Looking, bidded? Is outbidded? That a, I'm making outbid? <laughs> outbid. <laughs> um, when we were looking for a flat, when we're renting, we're not buying. We that would be very expensive in London, um, and so we thought we'd explain that. Like, what is the difference between renting in the UK and the well, US? I mean, what the, what was the process? What did we learn? That yeah, kind of exactly. Thing? Yeah. Um, I should say I did do some research and have come to find out that in some major cities in the US, it is typical like what we're going to describe. So um, New York City has some of the same processes, not everywhere. San Francisco, some places in LA. There were a couple other places um, sprinkled here in Boston, I think. Um, however, even in those places, what we're going to talk about is not very typical, except for it has been... Um, you know, in certain seasons, if there's like a high demand for rentals, mm. which there normally is in a big city, there's a high demand for rentals. So we rent um, and we have rented. We've lived in three different places. If that tells you anything that within is, like <laughs> in six years, no, five years. It was five years. I don't know what, like probably within a mile radius of each or other, less than that, probably mm. probably a half a mile radius. I don't know. I think the last one might have been a mile, but yeah. So. Uh, those things have happened because when you rent in a big city, um, you know, our first landlord sold our house, sold the, the what we were living in. Mm-hmm. Our second one, we don't know why they wanted us out. We hadn't done anything wrong. They just asked us to leave. We thought they were selling it. I think what they did was um, knew they could get somebody to pay a lot more in rent. And so they asked us to leave. And now we're here. <laughs> um, all that to say... We thought we'd explain what the process is because so many people have well, been very curious. And this might be helpful for those of you that are looking to move to the UK because we know a couple of you that are doing that or if you are someone who's just new to us and are listening yeah. to this because you want to understand it. Okay, so I think we probably should start also from fr- start from the beginning. Oh, We've no. rented in the US. Yes, we have rented in the US. So we we've rented in the US. And so we've owned first, a house in the US. And we've owned a house in the US. So our first experience when we first got married is we lived in an apartment. Yes. For you were two living years? in an apartment. Before, I was living for, then, yeah. for before we got yeah, I think married. We lived in the apartment for And then two I think years. we lived in the apartment for two years. And we both rented in university and stuff too. Um, and so obviously that process was pretty simple. You kind of looked around the areas that you wanted to potentially live in. Um, found compl- I mean, for, for us at that time, we were looking at complexes. We didn't necessarily look at like individual houses 
or anything like that to rent. Um, and then, yeah. And then for the most part, at least from what we, I experienced initially. And then when, you know, when we got married, it was like certain units were this much money. Two bedrooms this much. Two bedrooms this one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a kind of our experience, right? Is like, there's a set fee, there's a set amount of months that you live there, you know, all that kind of stuff where, um, you sign on the dotted line and that's how it goes. I mean, you still like, had to have like a, a check, credit check. Yeah, you still had that. like those kind of general things. But for the most part, in general, there are this unit, this type of unit, this is how much it is. And there's no wiggle room. It's just this is how much it is kind of thing. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we did that for two years. Um, again, like Maya said, we did that a little bit in university as well. Um, and so coming here... It was such a unique experience. And our experience at first um, was that we never saw our first house in person. Yeah. <laughs> we had people who were helping us settle here, look and um, rent a house because that's how it needed to be with the way the timings were. We couldn't make it over here to see it. And that happens a lot here in London too. Probably happens a lot in major cities as well. Um, and so the process here is different in the fact that um, we'll just we'll we'll leave that one aside because that was a little bit different because we hadn't seen it in person. But our our other two houses we saw in person. Basically, you can go on to all these different websites just like you probably can in anywhere and see all these houses for rent. Um, and they. <laughs> sometimes just post those because they've already put them up for, they already have been taken, which is really annoying. Um, but you go on and you contact, all these houses are put up by different leasing agencies, um, or we call them estate agents here. Um, and it can be confusing because the same house can be listed by four or five different estate agents, which mm. is, and sometimes at different prices depending on the estate agent. So it can be utterly confusing when you're looking and you call. And so you call, um, in general, normally you get a phone call back, but in the market like it has been since COVID times, um, you have to be the one that keeps pursuing them over and over and over and be very frequent if you're not getting a phone call back about a property that you want to see. Um, normally when you call, they will actually kind of pre-interview you before they'll even mm. show you the property. So they'll yeah. ask you about like, you know, what size, um, what, what things do you want in a rental, um, you know, like, what are your must-haves? Um, they'll ask you about how many people are going to be living there, if you have pets. Um, often the question, we don't, this doesn't affect us, we don't have a car, do you need a parking spot? Because some places come with a, a parking spot, some you have to pay for paid parking, meter parking. Um, so there's all kinds of questions like that. And then also, what do you do for a job? Um, and then how much do you make? Um, they're just, that's, yeah, they it's just really, in the, in the UK, I will actually. say in general, you normally do not talk about that stuff, but boy, it is right up front when it comes to the rental stuff. Um, you eventually have to prove that. Um, and so they'll ask those questions. And then if they think, you don't get to be the judge of this, they do. <laughs> if they think you're a good fit for the property. Now, of course, there would be some things I think if, you know, you, they don't allow pets and you have a pet, which I think that's changed too. I think they can't do that anymore. Mm. I think they have to allow pets, but then that would be obviously they're not going to show you that. So all that to say, then you would actually get to what is called a viewing um, and you would get to go see the property. Um, when I looked at our second house, like I was here for a week, we were like in between visas and stuff like that. And I looked at 
11, uh, 11, 11 properties, properties I think. in a couple days. Um, and so I was literally, that's all I did. But I was packing up our house to move and I was also on the phone and then just going to see property after property after property. Um, the hard thing is this often happens, I know, in the States too. Uh, they will use outdated photographs that have been taken sometimes 10 years ago, mm, like right when yeah. they did a refurbish of the place. And then you go and see it and you're like, what? Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> this look... This isn't even is the this, same place. Yeah, is this the same um, they're supposed to say on there if those photos are outdated, but not everyone does. Yeah. Um, so you get to go to the viewing. Yeah, What's I mean, it's a little like? bit... How would you I explain mean, the, that? I would say it's a lot like going to view a house if you're looking to buy a house in the States. You would look, I would have looked yeah. at an apartment as well. We did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true as well. Yeah. I mean, basically, well, the most recent experience um, a lot of times is you show up the estate agent or the agency that is um, in charge of the property. Um, we'll have a representative there. And then a lot of times you have maybe 10 minutes to go through and look at the flat and have any questions from that. Um, and so because the demand is so high, or at least it was so high, that after the 10 minutes, there was somebody else coming through. And like, uh, it was just, yeah, it's insane. You just walk around, look at, you know, look at things and check things out as best you can. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and I, I will it's... say the last time around that we did this, and so that would have been in 2021, um, there was a couple flats and houses that we showed up to and there was a queue outside mm. of people waiting to go. And so I think there was 10 people waiting the one time that we showed up. Yeah. Um, cause they're of what, when their times were and stuff like that. And so and then that it's like was, also really intimidating when you walk out after you're viewing and you see that queue yeah. is still really, really long and you're like, Ooh, this is going to be fun. Very weird. Um, so you you do that and you have that quick viewing and sometimes they will say they always say <laughs> this there's a high demand on this property whether well, that's, that's true, true or not yeah. now recently that has been true because there's a high property you know on every single one um and so they'll pressure you of like would you like to make an offer and sometimes they're wanting you to do it right then and there mm. um normally you have to like type up an offer and that kind of thing but like in that in that scenario there were several people that were like oh well if you want to make an offer you need to text me within the next 10 minutes so you don't have very much time to think through things mm -hmm. you don't have very much time to think there was one house i think we looked at that especially we were... if you like are seeing more houses later that day yeah. or the next you know later that week or exactly. whatever there they pressure you really quick yeah and you don't even have time there was one house i think a couple houses we looked at that we were like can the boys still share a room in that can we put two beds mm -hmm. in there can we put a bunk bed in there and like we just wanted to come home and look at the floor plan really quick and like you didn't have time to even do that yeah. um and so it's very uh it's stressful there's no other way mm -hmm. it's not kind of like oh it's fun to look at different places that are available um it's stressful and the um I don't want to say this because I don't. I we know our estate agent we have right now is lovely and wonderful, but there are a lot of estate agents that I think they're probably trained that way to just be really pushy with it. Um, and well, they're trying thing. to move things fast, and they make and a commission. It. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're so. making a living too off of it, so mm -hmm. I get that. So then you is the offer stage, and so again, like I said, this is not very common in the suburbs or smaller cities of the United States. This is very common in like New York City or something like that. And what an offer means is it would be very much like it would be if you were purchasing a house in the United States. And so you would say they may have the, the rent price listed at a certain place, 
but that does not mean that you have to pay that amount. You could go below it, which doesn't happen right now, or you mm -hmm. can go over it. Um, for our first two house, for our first house, I think we went slightly below. Our second house, we were right on what they ask. This one, we were right on what they ask. But that was not the case while we were looking at things in 2021. No. <laughs> so first in the offer is the price. Um, and so there was one house we really liked. Um, that was the one that had the queue outside. I mean, it wasn't like there wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like super special. Or no, anything. It just but it was, was just a nice, a nice place. It was a nice house. Um, simple, nice, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so we made an offer. We went in right at asking price of what it was, and then um, we were told there was fifteen offers, and they accepted one that was a thousand pounds per month over what the rent was listed as. Which that's like twelve hundred dollars a month. Uh, roughly at this time roughly around that yeah exactly 12 to 1300 dollars a month extra mm -hmm. um and we're like well that's it, that's yeah that's extra that's extra. not the that was on top of the asking extra. price and like yeah. we don't have we personally don't have wiggle room in our budget to do a thousand pounds more that's 12 grand in a, a year in pounds um and so that kept happening um in the past when we've looked at houses landlords have wanted families mm -hmm. After COVID, they didn't want families as much, which is really interesting. Um, I think maybe it's because people were in lockdown. I don't know if people tended to damage the house more because their kids were home more. I don't understand the reasoning. I think my guess, too, would be a little bit of like, uh, there were a lot of families that left central London um, just because they felt like they could, if they didn't have to be in work, in the central London for work every day, yeah. Um, maybe once every other week or whatever, um, whatever their company decided that there was no reason for them to be actually living mm -hmm. in, you know, in some of the central zones here in London. And so I think a lot of times probably landlords were like, well, I don't really know how long these people are potentially going to rent with me anyway. So yeah. I don't know if this is the best solution. Is it better to have a student house where I know they're going to be there for a certain amount of years or, young, or whatever, young or young professionals? So. And, and what we did find out is a lot of the people who <clears throat> said they wanted a family ended up having young professionals who are just roommates, house um, housemates and stuff mm. that live together. And they can always offer more usually because it's for one person to be, they can split that cost, you know? Yeah. So if they split the, split the thousand pounds between four of them or whatever, however many rooms there are, it's not as bad, it's not as, bad as for a family to have that mm -hmm. um, we looked at another house that we really didn't love frankly but we were like we need a place yeah. we were at that point and so we made an offer they told us when we were there we actually met the landlord which is kind of rare um, and it was like we're looking for a family we're not looking to make money like that's not what we're in this for that kind of thing we thought oh, okay well like we can get this house then mm -hmm. I think we did come in a little bit over what the asking price was um, and then they came back to us and said, could, actually, could you go over any more? Because we had somebody come in 900 pounds over yeah. per month. And we're like, I thought you weren't in this for the money. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. I mean, if you have that coming at you, if we own someplace, we might be the same way. Um, yeah. But that I mean, was really frustrating. Yeah, and maybe sometimes too, like, really was that offer actually put in you know you know well you just, that's the other you thing. don't know either too so it's just mm -hmm. really hard i think i think the biggest thing is this if you know your budget and understand your budget here you have to stick with it as best you can but it can be really but it's really hard difficult. to do yeah. that um very difficult to yeah. do that and so that was us we had a budget and we we're like we have no wiggle room here um so that's the first part of the offer is the uh the price that you can change it around for renting this is not for purchasing a yeah. house 
And then the time of the contract. So it could be for one year, two years, three years. Mm. A lot of landlords like to have a longer contract if you can do that because that then they don't have to mess with. It's a lot of cost to them, I think, too, to have people moving in and out and that kind of mm. thing. Um, paperwork, that kind of stuff. And so if you do a longer contract, sometimes they're more willing to sign those out of line with you. And then there could be other things that are part of it as well. So um, for two of our houses, uh, well, for our first house, yeah, no, for all three of our houses, sorry, that we've lived in here, houses and flats, um, there's been furniture in the house already. And like we just happen to have our own furniture. Not everyone does. Not everyone. So that works for some people. And so that may be something you put in the contract to say, we'd like the furniture removed because we don't need it or we want to keep these things and Mm -hmm. that's all. Um, that kind of thing. Some landlords will come back and say, nope, I'm not moving the furniture. We wanted to look at one place and they wouldn't, they had really nice looking furniture in there. And we thought, this is lovely, but we have three children. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Um, yeah. And so we said, we'll come look at the place, but is the landlord willing to move the furniture? And the landlord said, no. So we didn't even make an offer knowing that. Um, but sometimes you don't know that ahead of time and the landlord will come back to you and say, I'm not moving the furniture. And then it's a done deal. Like yeah. that's, that's, you're not, if you have, furniture and you're not willing to change that then mm-hmm. you know um that's often because they're looking for house shares and stuff like that some families do end up using the furniture or i mean it, it costs them to store that stuff mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. else exactly like that, they've so. made those purchases and that kind of thing um obviously there would be things like um you know uh there are some landlords not all that like utilities might be included into the bill or not so that would be one thing if you have a pet or not if you do want to have a pet in the future having that written in there's all kinds of different things in the contract Mm -hmm. um and that kind of stuff and so it is a lot of really reading through things because we found out at least with our second place like some things were slipped into the contract that we didn't quite understand um which meant yeah wasn't great mm-hmm. um what you're responsible for as a renter versus what in in the states when we rented at least um and you know again there are junk landlords like slum landlords i think is what it sometimes is called and stuff that do not take care of the renters that still happens here mm-hmm. um but in general in the states if something goes wrong with your flat like the landlord takes care of that here it depends what's in the contract so it's yeah. weird because you're renting and you're thinking, oh, the landlord is, should take yeah. care of this thing. But what we found in our second home, this did not happen in our first and it hasn't happened here, um, was that the landlord had written in the contract we were responsible for certain things, which then seems ridiculous that we're paying for that when it's not our house. We're renting and we're paying a lot of money to rent mm-hmm. as well in London. Um, so that is something else that was kind of that was surprising to us. And I don't think that we it's fully understood that little sure. clause yeah. in the contract. Um, so there are things like that that are very different. So you make those offers and then your offer, like this happened to us a lot of with the estate agents, the offer goes in, it goes off to the people, the landlord, and they are looking at 15 different offers. So you even, we ended up doing this. And sometimes you do this when you buy a house in the States is we made like a little, um, what would you call it? Like a family CV, a family like uh, mm. resume in many ways of like, this is what our family's all about. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, our kids. This is like this is how we do life a this little is, bit. We've yeah. owned a house in the States so we know how to care for a home. Like all that kind of stuff. We often have pointed out that our kids are older so they're not as like, you know, messy and stuff, which I don't know if that's really true, but. <laughs> Depending on the day. Uh, exactly. 
um, and have tried to like be like, we're a lovely family is basically what we're trying to say. Like, you should want us to live in your house and we'll care yeah. for your home. Um, and so you kind of, you, you send that information to, we didn't do that um, the first round, but we realized that that was important, um, mm-hmm. at least this round recently, to do that. And then you wait. And then they can come back to you just like they would a house if you're buying a house and say, actually, the landlord would like these things or want you to keep this furniture. Are you willing to keep that? Or wants you to go up by this much per month. Are you willing to do that? Or wants to put in a clause that after a year can rent, raise the rent by whatever percentage or things like that. Um, so there's there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And while all that is happening, someone else can, else can come in because they're still showing the property usually. Often we have that Often, where we looked yeah. at properties and they said, there's an offer, but if you did this, the landlord would take yours. Yeah. Um, again, I don't always know if that's true or not, but that's all right. It's just hard. Like that, that negotiation phase is always difficult. Um, because again, you know, you feel like you're doing something, you're saying straightforward, this is the things. And then... Yeah, then you have to go back and forth, and sometimes that gets really difficult. Mm-hmm. And and it's again, it's just like you're just renting the place. It's not yeah. like you're, you know, this long term commitment at this place or whatever. And so I think that that's that's always kind of a weird weird thing that we're still a little bit getting used to in some ways. So. Definitely, I mean, it's the third time <laughs> around. So yeah. And then once the offer is accepted, there's still other things that have to happen. So like they and this would be standard in the states for renting too, generally. Um, you know, they have to check like, what is your income levels? What is your bank account like? Those kind of things. Yeah. Um, some of it, I, it has references depended. And things. References, yeah. things like that, basically to show that you're going to pay your rent on time and you're going to take care of the house and not trash it. So they want to know like people you've rented from in the past, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, that is like all, you know, kind of, that's the feel standard for the yeah. states. But the whole, I think the biggest difference of renting is the whole offer type of thing. And I that's not just in London, that does happen outside of London as well. Like I said, in the States, it's more common in a major city. Yeah. Um, but often like whatever it's set at as the rent, that's the rent and you're not gonna be putting an offer in under, over, like that kind of thing. And, and here it is, it feels like you're buying a house. Yeah, it definitely But does. you're not, yeah. <laughs> you're renting. And I think that was the hardest thing for us to grasp. And, and if you are somebody who is looking to move to the UK, in particular into London as well, it's just something to know going in. Um, it's also something to know that um, things go quickly, at least right now they are, you know, obviously in COVID lockdown, they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could grab someplace for much cheaper. But in most times, and every other time that we have um, been here, things go so quickly. And so it's wise, if we had any advice, it is wise to call the estate agents that are in the area that you know have properties, whether they have something listed or not and tell them the things be really nice and tell them the things that you're looking for so that if they get a property sometimes they'll call you before they list it sometimes they'll probably still list it but you might be one of the first people that gets to go see it and that can give you a bit of an up um, of seeing it Um, it is wise to not put an offer in the first property you look at if you've never looked at properties in london before because try to like pack your day maybe if you have a day or something to go look at a bunch of stuff because then you get a feel for what it's like as Americans coming into the UK, you're going to immediately think there's no storage. What do you mean the laundry's in the kitchen? Mm. (laughs) Um, Like this is small, this seems old, this, why is there cracks in the walls? Like those kind of things. Maybe on a new build, that's not gonna happen. 
the laundry will still probably be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and but it's it's help. The fridge is small. The freezer is small. Those kinds of things. Like yep. those are the mm-hmm. things that you have to go see many properties to realize. No, this is just what it's like. Um, because I think you could write off a really cool place yeah. for some of those reasons, realizing that, oh, people buy cupboards or, you know, that kind of thing. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Like, it's, it's kind of taking your expectations yeah. that you are not in the States. I mean, if you're moving from New York City, it probably looks very similar. Yeah. But if you're moving from someplace else that things are just bigger in the States, yeah. really. I mean, I, I would say to you, like, newer. probably our situation is a little bit more unique, but I would say a lot of times... Americans moving into London probably are uh, things are being taken care of by companies and things like that. Not so not everyone. Some companies too. Um, so that's usually helpful as well, you know, because you'll have people that have been on the ground here for a while that can help you with all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're right. Like I think the idea of renting, make sure you, as hard as it is to not just pull the try to pull the trigger really fast, um, make sure you kind of. Um, take your time and see as many places as you possibly can especially if it's your first time just so you understand and see the differences Mm -hmm. Um, because that is that's just yeah that that was super helpful for us I think initially because we didn't our first house that we were in we just saw photos you know and so we didn't really know what else we could be looking at we were just trusting um, certain people um, that that was that was the way it is or that's that's the best you could probably do or whatever and so you just don't really know um so yeah so i think being able to see as many as you can is always really helpful at the beginning i will say when you're doing this second time around if you find a place you like make an offer (laughs) well i think too i think once you once you've lived in a space once you've kind of understood like um how you live in london and things like that um you could change the you know how much space you need what what do you need in your space that kind of thing so i think by now we've kind of understood like how do we do well how do we do things well as a family and what type of space we need for that um and i feel like we have a pretty good handle on that but we definitely didn't know that when we first moved so when we were looking at places we were just kind of like yeah that looks fine okay you know i would say too if you're looking at places and you're not here and you're having to make that decision which is (laughs) actually very common um, most estate agents now will provide you with a video. Mm. Um, do not trust the photographs. The video yeah. is obviously something, and ask them for a video, a current video. Make sure you're clear yeah. on that, that you're like not asking tour. for something. Yeah. Um, a lot of them will have that now in COVID. They had to do that, so a lot of them have mm-hmm. kept with that kind of thing. Um, of course, be mindful. Even in the videos, I know this from a photographer's perspective, I can tell when they've used a wide angle lens on something, look for the edges to not quite be straight. Sometimes they'll crop that part off though too. Um, you know, we, we got to know the photographer that did the photographs for our first house we lived in here and he was telling us all those tips and tricks and secret things that people yeah. will do. Obviously they can edit the photos, that kind of thing. A video is harder to do that. In yeah, now. that's they why are. I think it's key to do yeah. that. And so if you have a friend looking, we did this when we were looking <clears> for friends that hadn't moved here yet. I videoed everything, like here's how the cupboards open, here's this, that kind of stuff. I'm sure I annoyed the estate agents. Um, but a lot of people are doing that already. If you don't even have someone to look for, you can ask the estate agent, hey, we're really interested <clears> in this property. Could you take a quick video to walk us through the house? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can help you if you're having to make a decision where you're not physically here yet, which I know is really common because frankly, it's just expensive to, for flights and stuff yeah, like that. That's true. Um, 
and that kind of thing. And especially if you're, yeah, on a short time span and that, um, and you need the house. Um, that's the other thing to know is like sometimes in the States you can pick a house to rent and it can be, um, you know, a little bit further in advance here. Sometimes it's three weeks before that you're looking at houses because of the time span of when houses come up. Um, and then you're moving in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's challenging as well. Um, I will say too, in the States, every time we moved houses, we did it on our own. We rented a U-Haul and we moved our house on our own. Not once did we hire people to move. I cannot imagine doing that on our own now here. Maybe yeah. if we were moving to the suburbs or something, but if you are Still, new, I don't know if I do that. Yeah, if you are new in London, please keep in mind, the streets are very small. The spaces you're gonna be taking your furniture in and out of or moving things into are very small. We have, uh, how many flights of stairs do we have to get up Too to many. this level we're at? Lots of stairs to even move the sofa or kitchen table or anything. It is, it's expensive, I'm not gonna lie. It's not cheap, but it's, it's worth well it. worth hiring movers um, because it's just more challenging. And just as it would be in a city as well, like New York City or something like that, the same thing goes for here. So that is something we would definitely yeah, recommend. Definitely recommend. Um, if you're moving here from the United States and you're having things shipped here, uh, keep in mind that the spaces are smaller so like if you are shipping a king size bed from the united states it may not even fit in the room that yep. you're thinking or will take it up probably the whole won't space. it probably won't fit you'd have to have a very large room for that mm -hmm. to fit or, sizes are different here yeah like i would have loved to bring dressers and stuff like that for ours but we would have had no place yeah. to put them um some places have cupboards built in some don't that kind of thing so i know there may be things like we could have maybe brought our kitchen table and that would have been fine but just remembering that um, spaces are smaller and thinking through that. The good thing is if you are renting a place, you can get a floor plan and you can see if your things will fit in those spaces before you would shift them here. Sometimes you don't have that option before or you haven't yeah. selected a place yet. So, but that, Yeah, that is a good point. Like if you are shipping things, most of your stuff is going to be way too big. Mm -hmm. The majority just mm -hmm. will be. And, and sometimes it won't even fit through doors and things like yeah. that too because it's too big. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. So... That is the differences between renting in the UK, mainly the like getting to the house to rent it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the US. And yeah. I think too, um, something to know of like renting in the UK once you're in a space, is there are certain things that are like, you're gonna most likely have mold someplace because that is what it's like now. Most good landlords. That's, that's a, its own podcast in itself. It is. Most landlords <laughs> will like take care of stuff if there's a leak and stuff like that. They should take care of it. They're required to take care of it. However, like it's very common because it's just so damp here to like get a little bit of mold that shows up on the edge of the windows. If that happened in the United States, people would be like, well, it does happen in the United States. I know it does, but you're like, wait, what? Um, and so there are just things you kind of- Mold is You have to lower much, your standards yeah. maybe because you're thinking I'm living in this place and I'm spending all this money in and staying because it's expensive to live in London. It should be at this standard and you just have to lower that i mean i don't think you need to lower <laughs> it i think there's just certain things that you need to understand that's just how life yeah. is there's nothing to yeah. prevent some of there's those not things. yeah i mean the you're, gonna have, are you're old. gonna have mold in your house you're just going you to. might have mice hopefully you yeah. don't have rats um, yeah like there's that just kind of certain thing. things about living in a city that you that are just part of it yeah. like that's just how it is so it's not lowering your standard it's just that those are just things that you have to deal with like if you were living out in the middle of the country, you know, there are certain yeah. things about living out in the country that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, that's just how it is. So. Yeah. 
So do let us know, uh, since you guys seem to love this topic of UK versus US living and that kind of thing and those things, do let us know what else you would like to know about us living in the UK or what we found good, difficult, all of that. Hopefully, if you know somebody moving to the UK, that this is a helpful podcast to share with them to give them some tips and stuff. Always feel free to reach out to yeah. us with other questions. Um, but these are some things that would I wish I would have both of us would have known a little bit more about. But we have learned now living in our third property um, of what is normal, what to yeah. expectations to have that kind of stuff um, and hopefully it's helpful to one of you or you just find it fascinating to hear about this stuff um, so yeah we um, will talk to you next time and thanks so much for listening see ya thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Laurent Collective podcast if you enjoyed today's podcast be sure to subscribe and leave a review which helps others find our podcast continue the conversation with us over on Instagram at Laurent Collective We look forward to going deeper than just surface talk with you again next.